Father, I thank you. You've been great in my life. As I look back upon the years that you have given me of ministry, working with you, and you helping me, Lord, with that great anointing that, Father, you can only provide. And this morning, Lord, we pray for your grace and your mercy to come upon us, that, God, your heart would flow through my lips, that us as a people would hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church this morning. And we'll give you the glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'd like to preach to you this morning on the subject, your greatest moment. Your greatest moment. Only if you believe that God is in control of everything, which includes your life. Only if you believe that he's moving you towards your greatest moment, you will not understand what God is saying this morning. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God wants to fit us into his plan. Yes, sir. The Bible talks about the Lord working with them, with signs and wonders following in the book of Acts. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, there's a famous verse that many people quote all the time. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. It doesn't say that everything that happens to us is good. Listen to the word of God. It says, as we know, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. God invites us to work together with him. God invites us to be a partner in labor. God puts forth his power in our life to accomplish his will. God desires that we walk beside him. Yes. And it's a process. It's a product. It's a presentation. It's a partnership. And it's a purpose that God has ordained since the foundation of the world. Amen. Make no mistake about it. God is looking for partners. God is looking for partnership. But most of all, God is looking for presentation. His spirit in our life that we might be able to show the world that Christ Jesus is alive. The Bible talks about purpose. A lot of people have no purpose this morning. They have no idea why they were born. But God designed purpose in our life. He designed purpose in our spiritual DNA. Now all things work together for good for those that love God. I want to make this clear in the beginning. All things do not include our sins. We can't excuse sin and think God will work it out for our good. Hear what God is saying. In Romans chapter 6 and verse number 1 it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead in sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, 
we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we should also live with him. Romans chapter 6 and verse 16 declares, Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants are ye to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Galatians chapter 6 verse 8 reads, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The promises of God is limited to those who love God and submit to His leadership. The Bible says in Exodus 20 and verse 6, And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love Him and keep My commandments. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 9 reads, Now know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. 1 Corinthians 2.9 reads, But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love Him. All things work together for good for them that, are, that love God, that are called according to His purpose. God has so much for each and every one of us. You know that I've spoken many times about divine providence. What is providence? It's the divine guidance of human destiny. It's the divine guidance of human destiny that God provides for us as Christians. We think sometimes we are walking aimlessly through this life. But God is aware of you this morning. And He is in control of all things that are happening in our life if we love God and we're called according to His purpose. God's command center says in Psalm 103 verse 19, it says this, The Lord has prepared His throne in the heavens and His His kingdom ruleth over all. God has a command center. I said God has a command center. It's called the throne room of the universe where the Trinity meets and the Trinity speaks to each other and they're one in one, one in unison. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 15 verse 2 in the message version it says this, So why didn't anyone come when I knocked? Why didn't anyone answer when I called? Do you think I've forgotten how to help? Am I so decrepit that I cannot deliver? I'm as powerful as ever. And can reverse what I once did. I can dry up the sea with a word. Turn river water into desert sand. And leave the fish stinking in the sun. Stranded on dry land. Turn all the lights out in the sky. And pull down the curtain. This is the God that we serve this morning. He's the God of providence. Praise God. Yes, sometimes puzzling moments come into our life. Yes, there are times in our life when we don't understand what God is doing. When we don't understand the direction that God is taking us. It happened to Job in the book of Job chapter 10 verse 1. Job said this in the message version. I can't stand my life. I hate it. I'm putting it all on the table. All the bitterness of my life. I'm holding back nothing. Verse 2. Job prayed and he said here's what I want to say. Don't God bring in a verdict of guilty without letting me know the charges you're bringing. Mm. 
How does this fit into once what you call good? Giving me a hard time, spurning me, a life you shaped by your very own hands, and then the blessing plots of the wicked. You don't look at things the way mortals do. You're not taken in by appearances, are you? Unlike us, you're not working against a deadline. You have all eternity to work things out. So what's this all about anyway? This compulsion to dig up some dirt, to find some skeleton in my closet. Boy, haven't we been experiencing that in the political realm, praise God. You know good and well I'm not guilty. You also know no one can help me. You made me like a handcrafted piece of pottery. And now you are going to smash me into pieces. Don't you remember how beautifully you worked my clay? Will you reduce me now to a mud pie? Oh, that marvel of conception as you stir together semen and ovum. What a miracle of skin and bone, muscle and brain. You gave me life itself and incredible love. You watched and guarded every breath I took. But you never told me about this part. I should have known that there was more to it. God has a purpose. And sometimes there are puzzling moments in our life. Moments we cannot comp- comprehend in human thinking. Moments that we cannot put together in human thought to try to understand. But if we hold on, we'll see the end product and the process that God takes us through. And when we come out on the other side, we'll realize that the hand of God has been upon us even in those troubling moments. The Bible says in Job chapter 11 verse 7 it says, Do you think you can explain the mystery of God? Do you think you can diagram God Almighty? God is far higher than you can imagine and far deeper than you can comprehend. What's God saying? God cannot be opposed. He's the heavyweight champion of the world. His will and providence for your life cannot be resisted or defeated. Even in those puzzling moments, God has never lost a fight. He's undefeated and will be in your life if you hold on to the unseen hand of God. I'm telling you that we are called according to the purpose of God. And God will work all these things out for our good in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Daniel said it in Daniel chapter 4 and verse 35. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, what doest thou? In the message version, it says this in the same verse. Life on this earth doesn't add up too much. But God's heavenly army keeps everything going. No one can interrupt his work. No one can tell, call his rule into question. Sometimes when we look at our lives... And we say, Lord, I have no idea what you're doing. That's okay. I said, Job had puzzling moments. And there are going to be times when you come before God and you question what God's doing in your life. I don't think God gets mad at us or angry with us. He didn't get mad or angry with Job. Job had no idea what was going on in his life. God did not come and give him a prerequisite course and say, Job, in a couple of days, you're going to lose everything. No, it just happened. And so how can all that work for Job's good? 
How in the world can all of that loss work for Job's good? But it did in the end because God blessed him a hundredfold and God gave him the understanding of the power of the enemy, but he gave him the understanding of the power of Almighty God who's omnipotent, praise God, in our life. God preserves and keeps the world intact. You've always heard me say that the planets did not collide last night. Nehemiah said it very well. It says in Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 6, it says, Thou even thou art Lord alone. Thou hast made the heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all the hosts, the earth, and all the things that are therein, the seas and all that is therein, and thou preservest them all, and the host of heaven worship thee. God can speak to the ocean and say, you can only go so far. I said, God can speak to the winds and say, peace be still. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. God knows what he's doing. He keeps the world intact. Man thinks he's smart. Man thinks he's intelligent. Man's wisdom is foolishness to God. God is the provider. In Psalm 104 and verse 27, it says this, These wait all upon thee, that thou mayest give them their meat in due season, that thou givest them the, thy, they gather, they openest thine hand, and they are filled with good. There's not a one of us in this room that has opened his hand toward God and that God has not provided for you. For you. I said there's not a one in this room that God hasn't given provision to. The Bible says in Psalm 104 and verse 27, All the creatures look expectantly to you to give them their meals on time. You come and they gather around. You open your hand and they eat from it. If you turn your back, they die in a minute. Take back your spirit and they die and revert to original mud. Send out your spirit and they spring to life. The whole countryside and bloom and blossom. Who can paint a picture like God in the sky? I said, who's a great artist other than God who can put the clouds in such an array that it looks like a masterpiece? Who can make the flowers come from the ground that have been in the ground all winter with snow covered on them and tulips pop up, praise God, yellow and red and different colors? Who else can do that but our God? I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, God can take death and turn it into life. God can take discouragement and turn it into encouragement. God can take sickness and turn it into healing. My God, He is the resurrection and the life. He is the Son of God. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the bread that's come down from heaven. Glory to God. He guides and watches over the world activities. Don't you make any mistake, my friend. The Democrats aren't in control. I said the Republicans aren't in control. The Supreme Court is in, in, in control. Because the Supreme Court in heaven is in control. You hear what I'm saying this morning. He guides and watches over the world's activities. Nothing happens in this world without God knowing what's going on. I said nothing happens in this world without God knowing what's going on. Listen to what the word says in Acts 17.24. God that made the world and all things therein. Seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth. Heaven and earth. Dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything. Seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. 
and has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him though he be not far from every one of us for in him we live and move and have our being as certain also of your own poets have said for we also are his offspring so much talk about racism so much talk about culture against culture when God said we're of one blood when God said we're of one blood when we come to the cross he doesn't see black, white, red or yellow he sees people He sees people that he wants to redeem. He sees people that he created in their mother's womb. He sees people that he loves. He sees people that he wants to operate divine providence through their life. He sees people that he desires to become a presentation of God to the world. He sees human beings, praise God. Not culture, not black and white, not red and yellow, but people who come to the cross and kneel. We are one blood. We are one spirit. We are one baptism. We are one family. People trying to divide our great country. People speaking obscenities, hatred, and bitterness. And don't they know the word of God? Obviously, they might know the word of God, but they don't do the word of God. God orders our steps, just like he's in control of this world. He's in control. He's in the command center this morning. And some of my favorite, favorite verses are the following. Psalm 75, 6. Listen. For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He put it down one and set it up another. Amen. <laughs> People think collusion, swaying votes. This and that. But let me tell you something, my friend. It says it right here. He putteth down one and setteth up another. He puts up a king and he can take him down. He can put up an emperor and he can take him down. He can put up a queen and take her down. Listen to what I'm saying to you this morning. The Bible says in Psalm 37 and 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Even when there's puzzling moments in our life. Yes, come on. Even when we can't comprehend or understand what God's saying or doing. One of my favorite verses in the word of God is in Proverbs 3 and verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. and all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy paths. God is in control of the smallest details. It says in Matthew 10 verse 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, you are more of value than many sparrows. Come on. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. There's millions of birds in the earth. Millions. How many dead birds do you actually see every day in the ground or in the roads? (laughs) Not too many, do you? Why? Because God even feeds the birds. He takes care of the sparrows. 
Owe us of little faith sometimes. Owe us that doubt the hand of God. Owe us that doubt the hand of provision. Owe us that doubt the hand of providence. Owe us that doubt the hand of destiny that God has outlined for each of our lives. We have to consider our attitude toward God. In 1 Chronicles chapter 29 and verse 10, David blessed God in full view of the entire congregation. He said, Blessed are you, God of Israel, our Father from of old and forever. To you, O God, belong the greatness and the might, the glory, the victory, the majesty, the splendor. Yes, everything in heaven, everything on earth, the kingdom all yours. You've raised yourself high over all. Riches and glory come from you. You're ruler over all. You hold strength and power in the palm of your hand to build up and strengthen all. And here we are, O God, our God, giving thanks to you, praising your splendid name. This is the God that I serve. This is the God that you serve. This is the God that's in control of the universe. This is the God that's in control of the sparrows. This is the God that's in control of all of our lives. And we must acknowledge him. The book of Deuteronomy in chapter 8, verse 18 reads... But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. I hate when people say I'm a self-made man. I hate when people take the glory for what belongs to God. The Bible explicitly says this. For it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. Mm-hmm. It's not the intelligence of man. Mm-hmm. It's not the wisdom of man. Mm-hmm. It's the mercy of God upon saint and sinner. Yes. That causes someone to gain wealth in this world. Make no mistake about it. God's in control of the wealth. He's in control of the silver and the gold. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Some people make a big mistake in thinking, it is I that does this. It's my intuition. It's my education. It's my know-how. No, it's not. He gave you everything you have this morning. Yes, Come on. And people don't give glory to God for what they have received from God. Our blessings come from God. In Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 10 in the version, message version, it says this. After a meal, satisfied, bless God, your God, for the good land he has given you. Make sure you don't forget God, your God, by not keeping his commandments, his rules and regulations that I command you today. Make sure that when you eat and are satisfied and build pleasant houses and settle in, see your herds and flocks flourish and more and more money come in. Watch your standard of living going up and up. Make sure you don't become so full of yourself and your things that you forget God, your God, the God who delivered you from Egyptian slavery. The God who led you through the huge and fearsome wilderness, those desolate, arid badlands crawling with fiery snakes and scorpions. The God who gave you water gushing from hard rock. The God who gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never heard of in order to give you a taste of the hard life to test you so that you would be prepared to live well in the days ahead of you. If you start thinking to yourselves, I did all this, and all by myself, I'm rich, it's all mine, well, think again. Remember that God, your God, gave you the strength to produce all this wealth so as to confirm the covenant that he promised to your ancestors as it is today. If you forget and forget God, your God, and start taking up with other gods, serving and worshiping them, 
I'm on record right now as giving you firm warning that will be the end of you. I mean it. Destruction. You'll go to your doom. The same as the nations God is destroying before you. You're doomed because you wouldn't obey the voice of God, your God. What's God saying? Come on. I believe America is at the crossroads. Yes, sir. When Satan went to God concerning Job, who was a rich man, he said, take everything away from him and he'll deny you. And God said, no, he won't. And Job said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. But I think it's just the opposite in the last days in America. I think the enemy has gone to God and said, just bless them. Give them prosperity. Give them houses. Let the money keep coming in. And there's nothing wrong with all of that, my friend. Because we send out the missionaries. We feed the poor. Through Christ and through God, the hand of the Lord. But I believe we're in a test right now. It's the Laodicean church age where we have prospered. And people are saying, I have no need of anything. Like God said, you're blind, you're wretched, and you're miserable, and you're naked, and you don't even know it. You see, if we forget God, doom will come. If we forget God, destruction will come. And God gives us hints sometimes concerning things that happen. He gives us some indications, some warnings. And people aren't heeding the warnings. We must acknowledge God in all aspects of life. And we must be careful to give him thanks for everything that we have. Yes, sir. That we should bless God for our meals, yes. for our material possessions, for our homes, for our churches, for our buildings, for our families, for our loved ones. Yes. We must acknowledge God even in adverse situations. Amen. All things work together for good to them that love God who are called according to his purpose. And as I have spoken to you before, Some puzzling moments do come to our life. In Job chapter 1 and verse 21, he said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Psalm 119 and verse 75 reads, I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right, and that thou in faithfulness has afflicted me. Psalm 119.75 in the message version says this, I can see now, God, that your decisions are right. Your testing has taught me what's true and right. Oh, love me. And right now, hold me tight just the way you promised. There are going to be times of lack of understanding. There are going to be times when we're being maneuvered through the mountains like the shepherd who takes the sheep up to the top of the mountain. The shepherd who knows where the poisonous plants are, who recognizes the wolves and the foxes that would hurt his flock. God guides us through the mountains and through the brush. And sometimes we say, Lord, I don't understand. But God says, hold on to my hand, son and daughter. Hold on to my hand. Hold on to the hand of providence. Hold on to the hand of destiny. Because I'm working all this to bring you to your greatest moment. Amen. I'm working all this to bring the Christian church in the world to its greatest moment. Sometimes we can't see in the furnace of affliction what God is doing. 
But we must acknowledge his hand. In Psalm 139 and verse 10, it says this. You'd find me in a minute. You're already there waiting. Then I said to myself, oh, he even sees me in the dark. At night, I'm immersed in the light. It's a fact. Darkness isn't dark to you. Night and day, darkness and light, they're all the same to you. Oh, yes. You shape me first inside, then out. You form me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking. Body and soul, I'm marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watch me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life are all prepared before I even lived one day. (laughs) What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that God is guiding us even when we don't even realize his guidance. That God is leading us, our steps, our breath, our moments. That God can take the sum total of all the events in our life and use them to sculptor us, to use them to put us on the potter's wheel, to use us, use them to make a beautiful vase that can be presented to the world. Greater than crystal. Greater than what sits in the king's house. Greater than what sits in the queen's home. A vase that has been fashioned and likened by the very hand of God that created you in your mother's womb. That God knew about us before even the foundation of the world. He knew what time we would be born. He knew what country we would be in. He knew exactly where we would be today. And one of the greatest stories in the Bible that brought Joseph to his greatest moment, affliction, isolation, abandonment, persecution, a 17-year-old teenager thrown in a pit and left for dead. And some would look at that situation that day and say, he's doomed. He's going to die. He'll never come out of that. Just like people have said about us. When they've seen us at our lowest moment. When they've seen us in our darkest despair. When they've seen us in the hour of sadness and sorrow. The world looks upon us and says, this is the knockout punch. But my friend, they forget one thing. They forget in the command center of the universe, in the throne room of God, he looks upon us as individual people and says, that's my son and that's my daughter. And he knows you by name. Praise God. And when Stephen, the first martyr of the church, was being stoned, praise God. Hallelujah. Heaven opened up. And instead of God sitting at the right hand of God, Stephen said, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And when those moments of despair come, my friend, Hallelujah. Jesus stands at the right hand of God and says, Satan, that's enough. Come on. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> that's the God that I serve. Yes, sir. I look at the sum total of all events in my life, good, bad, and indifferent. 
and say, Lord, all of this is going to work for my good somehow. Come on. Because I love you and I am called according to your purpose. Set it up, Lord, for me in these last days that this will become my greatest hour. Set it up for the church of Jesus Christ, the sum total of all that people have gone through. And bring us to the pinnacle of life and to the mountaintop and speak to us and say, this will become your greatest moment. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 45, as I close, then Joseph could not refrain himself from before all them that stood by him. And he cried because every caused every man to go out from him. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud. And the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in which there shall neither be earing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and lord over his whole house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. What you meant for evil, God turned into my good. God fulfilled the ultimate purpose in Joseph's life. And when you do a summary of Joseph's life, there was a lot of pain, a lot of rejection, a lot of abandonment and isolation, a lot of persecution. But Joseph became the second most powerful man in the world because through all of those events in his life, God was setting up the moment the greatest moment of his life that he could feed the then known world who would experience seven years of famine. Ladies and gentlemen, the question before us this morning is this. What moment is God moving you toward? What moment is God moving this church toward? And what moment is God moving the church of Jesus Christ throughout the world toward you can look back on your life and yes there have been sour moments yes there have been sorrowful times yes there have been times of perplexity Come on. but the good news is this we sit here this morning intact yes. intact yes. still loving God Still serving God. Still honoring the master. Still giving God glory and honor. And saying, God, thank you. Thank you. 
that your hand has been upon my life, even from the foundation of the earth. And thank you that you fashioned me in my mother's womb and you're not done with me. But God, there is a destiny and there's a process and there's a providence and there's a purpose for my life. And all that has happened to me is setting me up for the greatest moment of my life. And I can't wait, Lord, to see what that moment is. God bless you. Thank you for listening to what God has said to his church this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.